Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world. So we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Take it, wife. Oops. Why why are two of us up there? I don't I don't know. Let's just hit the other one. Oh, other one. one. Other one. Gee, sorry. Cool. <laughs> Take it. Oh, what was I supposed to say? Oh, nothing. I was just messing with you. <laughs> hey everybody, what's up? <laughs> That's <is> not happening. <laughs> Welcome back. Funny. It is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, and we are here um, <laughs> as we are every Sunday night. This is our seventh season, episode 232. That's right? really so crazy. And to say that we have seven seasons is insane. Here's my, my favorite part. My favorite part of this many seasons is that this backdrop now that we have, that I feel like I feel a little bit like Regis and Kathy Lee right here, right? <laughs> hey, how are you? So, the but it started in the in the dining room with um a bunch of Tim Ferriss books because they're so thick <laughs> with my laptop on top of it and we had lights that I borrowed from school. They were shop heat lamps. They yeah. were they were heat lamps. Oh, I thought they were just like shop. They lights. were heat lamps that Manscoff gave me. Oh. And we had we didn't have stands, so we had stools upside down with them clamped onto the top. <laughs> and then we put a diffuser on it by putting like sheets or pillowcases yeah. or wax paper. Like we did. We weren't in some fancy laundry room. You know what I mean? <laughs> so We're moving on up in the world. All right. So with that, we are here to do anything that we can to help you this week, to get ready for the beginning of the school year, to manage PD, to whatever else. Um, we don't run ads on this show. And so one of my thoughts is I, this, I want, I just want to help as many teachers as possible, right? That is our mission as a business is to help as many teachers as possible so that they can help their students and help them grow into the, the kids that they're meant to be. So if you wouldn't mind, if you're not subscribed, hit subscribe and hit the thumbs up button. What that does is um, it it works in the algorithm. I like to have to do this when I do algorithm. Algorithm. <laughs> and it pushes the show out so that more people know, so that hopefully, hopefully we can help more and more teachers. And so that is my only my only ask. Go ahead, ask any question that you want. You can put it in the question section, or in the question section. In the, in comment, the section. comment section with a Q or the word question. So that we know that it's a question, because because look, I'm mean, be honest with you, John Lopez is talking a lot in there, uh, no, I love and it. I want to make one of my sure it is. is that I playing. read as everybody's going. Well, when you're answering questions, I read everybody's yeah. comments and see what's happening in the in the comment section. And there's so much like team building and community happening, and I just love that. Yes. All right, are you ready to start? All right, let's kick it in. All right, Libby is up first, asking. I start my first full year as an eighth grade ELA teacher next week. I taught my first semester last spring, but the first year nerves are still very real. I was recently told that I am taking over the RTI English class with little to no guidance. We have a set program. Um, we have no set program or coordinator that I can reach out to. I am leaning on teacher friends from my student teaching for help. Any advice for someone new to teaching and new to teaching RTI? Sorry for the long question. No, that's a great question. And thank you for making it the like fleshing it out. It helps. So I would say 
look, there's enough new stuff you're going to have to do as a new, is it still right? I think I felt like I hit that camera on accident. So enough new stuff that you're going to have to do as a new teacher that it's really important to minimize the stuff you can have to work on so that you can do the things you're doing well. So asking people for help, looking for curriculum, like find the stuff that you need. Do not feel the need that you have to create it from scratch. I would suggest if you're not in our Facebook group, can you pop that up there, love? Um, if I know you're in the middle of something, but uh, if you go into our Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook, it is only educators in there, right? And so there's a very real chance that you put something in there about that and someone's going to send you something. Actually, I'm going to ask like, folks, if someone, if you have an in somewhere, if you have something that's going to, that's going to help Libby out, could you maybe connect with her in the chat or help her out in some way, shape or form? I, I remember starting out teaching and I think I, I told this story in a video somewhere that the Xerox for the OGs, the Xerox copy that I got of my, of my, uh, your curriculum. My curriculum had been photocopied so many times. I was like, I don't, I don't even know. I'm just going to go with this. I, there's no text recognition here. I can't really tell what the hell is going on on this thing. So I had to like basically just create stuff from scratch, but that takes too much time. I would be mindful of who you are getting. If you go to TPT or something like that, just be mindful of who you're getting stuff from on there. Cause it's, it's like, it's a crap show, right? You might have someone that never taught in their life and they're making lesson plans on there and that's how it's going to roll. But that might be, um, even if someone in the, in the comment section or in the Facebook group can send you to someone and then look, ask your school to reimburse you for that stuff. Like put in a purchase requisition so that you're not just spending stuff. Even if it's like they have money for that and if they don't have a curriculum and they don't have stuff for you to do, then find something online tell them what you need, tell them you need to post haste and then get that thing taken care of. That's what I would, I would do. And, uh, yeah. So it, gosh, is that, are you asking me? Yeah, you're doing something else. I'm sorry. When not, when this is on, that's cause she's, she's working the comment section or something like that or texting somebody. So <laughs> yeah, that would be my best piece of advice, um, for, for in a situation like that. Um, Libby did say that she doesn't have a Facebook, but she might make one just to join. The it group. is literally, it's let really me tell you a this. really wonderful group. It's, it is, it's the best group for teachers out there that I've ever been in. Like I've been in a bunch. It's a lot of self-promotion and a lot of, like, I'm not going to tear them down, but there's just like. We have very little self-promotion that, that happens in there. And when we do, we try and nip it and get rid of it quickly. Cause we really, really want to foster the group to be a place where people are throwing all these, look, there's lots of questions every Sunday that we just can't even get through. And so the Facebook group is a great, yeah. that's why it, it even exists. Somebody asked for it. They were a part of Sunday night teacher talk, like every, like, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for every week consistently. And they were like, can we do a Facebook group? Yeah. And I don't think, I don't even know if they're still a part of it, but regardless, they kind of started our Facebook group for us uh, by suggesting it and it's there. And it's really a wonderful place that a lot of people go to answer and ask questions. And there's very little drama in there also, which That's is, thing I like. which is not to say there's not problems, right? Yeah. Bring your up. problems, bring what you're going through, like, and, and be it authentically and vulnerably. You can even post anonymously in there if you want to, because you know, someone else from your school might be in there or something like that. Totally fine. 
but it's just a great place to get connected. It is literally worth getting, put the minimum amount of stuff for Facebook, like a picture so we can see that you're actually an account. You have to answer three questions. That's just to make sure that you're not a robot and you're not just like a company mm -hmm. trying to come in and sell something. And then we let you in and that's, that's good enough of a reason. It's a wonderful place. Okay. Uh, Jocko is up <clears> next <throat> asking, what was your experience doing YouTube as a full-time teacher? To put yourself out there is scary. So much more if you are working at a public school where stories and rumors spread like wildfire. It is. So I'd say doing YouTube full-time is, you know, it's time consuming more than anything. I, but I, let me put it like this. It's something, it's hard to be, you know, a prophet in your own land, right? So let's go right to the Bible. Um, and so what I mean by that is I don't mean to call myself a prophet, but it is because I'm not, I'm not at that level of narcissism yet, but the, it's hard to share your best practices, what works for you, what is fun and great and silly and awesome, because the folks that you work with are going to see it, right? They all end up watching it at some point. And I'm someone's watching it now, I'm sure. And and hello to you. The the hard part about it is that it can come off like this like I'm I'm a bigger deal than everyone else. That I'm better than everyone else. I'm going to tell you right now, I was not the best teacher in my school. I worked with incredible people. There were there were times at my school where I worked with phenomenal people. And any one of them was better at something than me. And, but I started a YouTube channel because nobody else was starting a YouTube channel. Even now, there are very few, if I can't think of anyone right off the top of my head that teaches high school on YouTube, right? And, and like talks about teaching practices. There are very, very few, and I'm not in the know as much as I used to be, but it's like- We're not, but I would say- Caffeinated classroom is one. Is she she's really on YouTube. I know she's a big Instagrammer. Yeah, I think she's Two still cool's on... eighth grade, so that's right. close. But that's really it. Like yeah. that we know of because you you know, we're busy working, so I'm not yeah. really looking at everybody else on YouTube. Yeah. Um, there was a really small group of people when we started on as YouTube teachers, and you were the only high yeah. school. There were like sure. a dozen of us. Mm -hmm. And so now there's a gazillion of them. But you know, so that that being said. Um, you know, I had to get over, I got, here's how I got over that. I don't do anything as much as possible, Jocko, for me. I just don't like my, my life is meant in service to others and people, some people won't even believe this and I don't really give a crap if they believe me or not. Like, but my, my truth is that I'm, I do the work that I do at school for kids now, do I get a kickback from that? And I love it. And I, it makes me happy. makes me feel fulfilled. Absolutely. But it's not my primary goal. If I was going to do something that was just going to fulfill me, I don't know. I'd probably try and find something that was, that didn't make my hair turn gray, but it, it is, I, I live my life in, I try to live my life in service to others. And for me, in a way that pleases God. So in that, when I'm making YouTube videos, I do my best to not do it for me, which is why I've never taken a brand deal that did that I didn't really believe in. I well, actually, one the first time someone reached out, I did a you still on YouTube. <laughs> I did a video for a now defunct co uh, company 
that made 3D printed insoles. I thought it was cool, right? I thought it was a great idea. Wear insoles at school, insoles at school all the time. And so I got them and they were horribly uncomfortable. But I told them I'd make the video, but I didn't tell them anyone in the video. They were awesome. I just did the video, but that was like seven years ago. So I apologize for that. Uh, and I don't know <laughs> one bought them anyway, but I never, I never promote anything, say anything, talk about anything. I don't follow scandals or drama or hot like headlines just to do it unless it's something I believe in because I want to serve teachers. I want to help teachers have tools, have community, have, have opportunities that I did not have when I started teaching. That is the whole reason that we do what we do. And then any byproduct, whether it's money or like little tiny bits of fame when you're at like a conference or something like that, that is total byproduct has never been the goal. So when I'm in, it's the same way that I have the audacity to ask famous people to talk to my students that I do crazy stuff in class and I'm willing to try new things because I'm doing it in service of my students. I'm never doing it for me. If I was doing it to look cool, I can see someone dogging that, but I'm not. And so I don't care what they think because, so I do it anyway. I do the YouTube channel. I do the stuff that I do anyway, because it's all for students and all for teachers anyway. Um, now I will say that uh, doing YouTube is difficult, but it is the best lesson I ever taught my students. Doing anything hard in public is the best lesson you can show your students. Going to school for your master's, going to school for your doctorate, when I ran, which I haven't done either one of those, but like when I ran every day in 2019, I ran every day for a year, I ran 403 days consecutively. Um, it was a great lesson for my students. Do hard stuff in public and show kids how it's done. It's the best example you ever give to your students. Yeah, I think ultimately you have to separate. You have to learn if you're going to do this while you're a teacher in school, you just have to separate yourself from what people are going to say because someone's always going to dog you. But if they're not in your direct school, they're online. I mean, we get dogged online here and there. Um, someone's always going to disagree with someone out there is always going to disagree with something you have yeah. to say. So, But if you're strong enough in why you do something, right. it doesn't affect you as much. And look, I'm, I mean, I get my feelings hurt. Yeah, you're pretty sensitive. You know. <laughs> okay. Next question. <laughs> Mallory is up next asking, what does team building look like to you? Ooh. Someone in the Facebook group said their admin required them to participate in mandatory karaoke contests, teacher talent shows, and party games with swimsuits during in-service for quote-unquote team building. As a socially anxious introvert, that would be my personal hell. Yo, just saying, I agree. I I don't like icebreakers. I don't like all those things. They would drive me nuts. So like I would have to be like the, to be in a swimsuit. I saw this post and it got a lot of attention and a lot of comments and some people completely agreed and were like, no team building activities. Yay. Like yeah. just do it. And then other, a lot of, it was, it was mixed, but it was an interesting question. So. I don't care for the average team building activity. Although I am thinking of me in a bathing suit now at school. I think I would wear one of those old timey ones. that has like the top <laughs> part with the, it's a whole strap situation. Looks like a, like a wetsuit. Um, I think that's what I would rock, but, or I go full Canadian. I mean, I don't know. It is the options are really, they're like, they're now that's what's running through my head. I think that's weird. I don't think I, I here's why. 
the traditional team building activities that I have seen in school are for extroverts and they never take the introvert in hmm. into consideration. They also don't take people that might be on a different processing speed, folks that might be on the spectrum, folks that uh, have social anxiety, but they have a real heart for education, a real heart for young people. Doesn't they have a, mean they have a real heart for like competitive rock, paper, scissors? It just gets difficult. And so I think when we're building up, thinking about building a team, we have to be thinking about how we're building the whole team and not just the team that like, we're not just doing the activity that we think is fun, that we want, or that most people are going to do. How can we make something that is, that is, that fits everyone? For me, what does team building look like? Team building is a, is a long game. It's not, you know, three days at the PD at the beginning of the year, we're going to do this exciting activity. And then everyone's so jazzed for the year. Thank God we did this. Cause now we're going to make it to, to June. Team building to me is, is a long game in connection and really helping people to connect, to know who they're working with, to know who their teammates are. Team building to me is, is coffee or drinks or dinner or, meeting up at someone's house, going bowling together, like doing, like creating opportunities for people to get together. But team building is also being inclusive of everyone, right? So I know that when I started teaching at my school in West Philly, there was one other teacher there that had kids. That's it. And we didn't, we couldn't go to anything. So everyone would like go playing. We're like playing beer pong. Uh, that's you, Bluth. That's what I'm talking about. They would like go to this house on the block that was a total bachelor pad. It was all these bro. It looked like it was like old school. And in the basement, they had like a legit beer pong table. Like it was custom made. It wasn't a folding table, legit beer pong with, um, with a bar down there. They had a TV downstairs. This is before like security cameras were what they are today. TV down there with the security camera to the front door so they could see if someone else showed up. Um, it was, it was a party spot. I could never go. Because I always, like, not that I played beer pong. I didn't even drink back then. But I couldn't go because I had kids. And so, like, I always kind of felt some type of way about that because I wasn't included in that. So I think it's creating opportunities. Now, this is what I would say to you. If you are stuck in that, I I would take up the mantle and create team building opportunities for you. Don't wait for someone to make them for you. Don't sit there and feel bad that no one's making them for you, right? Maybe... If you start doing stuff, you'll get to be known as the person who's making gatherings happen. They're making togetherness happen. And then you can be a part of this next year or volunteer to be a part of it next year to try and make this happen. Because I'm never going to sing karaoke. Like I'm a super extrovert. And I I mean, maybe Wham or Van Halen, maybe. But <laughs> other than that, like I, I just, I'm not a, I'm not that guy. Like I like being a jackass of my own accord, not through someone's forced lens of what jackassery should look like. So, yeah. So, and if you don't want to do it, I'll tell you right now, don't do it, right? You can be loving and kind and fun and connecting in all the other ways all year. Don't, don't feel forced to do that. I've never done it in my life. Not even when the whole crew was doing it. I go get a drink of water or like make pretend I have a phone call and then go upstairs. I love the pretend phone call. Yes. That you I, need cracking up. I need to move my lights. This is We're so it's just uncomfortable in here. No, it's not. 
Can I talk so about rude. my shirt real quick? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, this is a shirt I got from, uh, I bought it from my buddy, Shibby. If you go to Alfred's Laundry on Instagram, let's see it right there. Can you want to switch over to the other camera? There we go. You can see it. Now you can. Alfred's Laundry. Uh, he has all kinds of great stuff on there. Look, some of it might be a little spicy for your school, and that's all right. You know, get the one that fits you, that suits you. But, you know, my buddy, uh, Alfred Chevy Brooks, is running for school council in Atlanta. In Atlanta. And if he wins, he will be the first ever uh, teacher to hold the office. Like, it was so bonkers. I know, right? right? That's like one it's of the so things that he like, complains about. It's like, how are there no actual teachers on? So folks run an education and never been in education. It's not that wild for me. It's a little bit wild, but it's kind of like a, oh yeah. That, yeah, of you know. course. But not that if you live in the Atlanta area, might just look him up. He is a great dude. And he's you can find one, him on Instagram as call yeah, me shivy. Call me shivy. He's fantastic. Yeah. And so I just want to shout out. I wanted to wear this shirt today, uh, in with in spirit of him. And, and so like into, you know, if you do live in Atlanta area, he's a great dude to consider. We need to get, uh, one of his shivy Brooks for it's the only time I ever talked about politics. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Shivy Brooks for, uh, I almost said for president, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Uh, Patty cakes. Uh, is up next, which I just love that name, <laughs> saying, I teach high school elective course in career research and personal finance. Um, Sorry, I was doing patty cake. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering what you're doing. What are some things <clears throat> I can have students do if they finish bell ringer or independent work early? So one of the things I don't suggest that you do is give kids more work. If we want to incentivize getting your stuff done, we have to give kids something that's even remotely attractive afterwards. So depends on your kid wait even though it's a bell ringer oh. like isn't yeah she says if they finish bell the bell or ringer. independent work i was going off independent work okay well um bell ringers i typically have kids do tasks so they i'll say oh are you done do me a favor um come here real quick and i don't ask him in front of the whole class right it's like because I, if i give you the job out loud you might not you might be more reluctant to get out of your chair there's a there's a fun tip for you Oh, yo, you're finished already? Awesome. Come here real quick. Either check their work and see if they did it all the way. Have them do a task, like go around and collect these, organize this, like have a couple of ideas in the back of your head of things that need to get done around your classroom. I've done all kinds of manner of things. I like being really organized. I'll have kids separate paper clips that I've accumulated on my desk into small ones and big ones. And that is fine. Kids will do this. These sorts of weird activities. Uh, if I need something to run to the office, whatever it is. Sometimes that's a good move because it's giving kids something to do. Sometimes you can tell them to help someone else that looks like they're struggling. Sometimes you can tell them what to get out next. But that that's a that's enough time. Bell ringers, I time. They are five minutes usually at best. So there's a timer running on the board. So there's only so much time left. Um, and if I get a mass of kids that are finished, sometimes it's like just moving them on to the next thing. So I'll say this, I'll be like, there's still a minute left. I want to give the next part of the lesson to the students before they, and in your mind, it's really before they like lose it and start talking too much and you got to bring them all back. Cause that's also debilitating sometimes to the students that are still trying to work, still trying to process, still trying to create, uh, get their answers together. So, yo, there's still two minutes left. For those of you that are done, this is what you're going to do next. Let me hear your voices. I need you all eyes on me in five, four, 
three. Thank you very much. They're going to take out this thing. Give them one step, not three, right? I want you to go in your bag, bring out your blue folder. Blue folder. You have 10 seconds to bring out that blue folder. If you're still writing your answer from the bell ringer, you have the rest of the remaining time. Please use it to your, to your ability um, or to your advantage. All right. Now in the blue folder, I'm going to take out this piece of paper, right? These are things that like the rest of the group is going to be able to do. Plus giving kids micro steps is a whole lot easier than giving them. All right. I want you to take out your blue folder. I want you to take out the paper from yesterday. You're going to, yes, the packet from yesterday. You're going to go to page three, section B. And I want you to use number, do numbers one, two, and three, bro. You lost half the class if you do that. So that's, it's giving these little tiny steps that everyone does. Then I can see it. Then I'm moving on to the next one. Then moving on to the next one. Bryce, better pay attention. I'm moving on to the next one in five seconds. Don't stop talking to me. Come on, let's go. And then you move on. Um, the With regards to independent work, I find things that are, I think kids should be rewarded for getting done work early. I don't think that you should be given. I don't think the reward for finishing early or for being diligent or for doing what you're supposed to do is more work, right? Like, Go grab an article off my desk and answer these questions. What? Why don't I just take my time there? Because then I don't have to have extra work. So sometimes I'll let kids read. Depending on the class, I will let kids on their phone, but that depends on your school's uh, policies. Sometimes I'll let kids play games on their computers. I know this is a big no-no in a lot of classes and everyone wants to ring, go bell to bell. But um, I, I just think that there's that reward incentivizes doing good work, not just finishing, because I'm going to check it. And if it's not good, I'm going to give it back to you, tell you to get back to work. Um, sometimes it's, look, I, I teach ninth grade. Most, most the, the thing I've taught the most has been ninth grade literature. I give out coloring pages. Kids love it. Uh, and I'm going to explain why in a second. I will allow students to... Um, to play with Play-Doh, to draw on their desks with Expo marker because it comes right off. And here's why. Because studies show that every 50 minutes, a student should have about 10 minutes. It, it, some studies show even more frequently than this. 10 minutes of a brain break. And a brain break is not doing a crossword puzzle, It's which is that, that's, it's better than nothing, right? A brain break is literally this. But... Once you give a kid that, then it's you're going to lose them. But giving them something to do where their brain is not processing information, figuring something out, learning something more, solving a puzzle is really good. Now, you could do Sudoku or Sudoku or whatever the hell they call it. I teach English, not math. Um, you could do crossword puzzles. You could do something of that nature. But I find the more kiddish the activity is, kids love to revert back to that. It's something that they haven't done in a long time to get a box of fresh crayons and uh, a coloring page. It wins everything. So that's just, that's how I kind of handle early work. I think kids are ultimately still kids, especially when they're still in school. Yes. It's like they were, they were those little kids, like not that long ago. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You're right. Done with that coffee. Nick, M I K, is that am I saying that right? I hope. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. About to start my first year. I don't know. Right. <laughs> About to start my first practicum as a secondary English ed major. Any general tips? Uh, so, oh gosh. Um, you are not as close in age to the students as you think they are. You are. They will think that you are old. So be mindful. <laughs> Two, do not wait to start creating connections with students. Do it on day one. 
talking to students about their sneaks, about their shirt, about, um, you know, come over here and talk to me about what's this pin on your backpack, what's this show, creating connections that ask kids questions they know the answers to, not how do you like school? How do you like this class? How do you like teachers? Those, those are regular questions. You want to ask kids questions about them that give them the opportunity to share who they are, what they think, what they feel. I think trying to be as invested in the class immediately as as possible. So asking to help, can I hand stuff out? Can I grade stuff? Can I collect stuff? Um, can I join a small group reading just as a just as a participant to show to be an example of what's happening? Go to football games, plays, cheerleading practice, like show up where your students are doing stuff because not all those students are going to have someone that's going to show up for them. And you might be the one I used to go to, I went to like barbecues. I did, I did it all. And some of that is some of that's weird. I'm going to tell you, then the parents will look at you like it's weird, but guess what? Your kid asked me to come to the barbecue and I went, um, try and get involved in other activities if you can. So if there's a play going on and you have some interest in that, you have some interest in helping tutor kids after school, get involved as much as possible. This is a chance to fail a lot, to try things and not have them work. You're not there for that long. So it's really trying to get as involved in everything as you can. And your cooperating teacher or your cooperating school may not ask you those things, they, right? They, they might be waiting for you to say something so take advantage, write emails before the school year even starts and say, hey, this is who I am. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be there. I am wondering, uh, I just want to put on your plate that I want to be as involved as possible. So if there's anything that you need me to do for the beginning of the school year, whether it's helping students, whether it's helping parents find rooms, whether it's helping students find rooms, I'm open to anything. Um, please know that I'm of service. Something of that nature will go really far. And look, when you make a really good impression, so when I student taught or when I did my practicum, the teacher I did my practicum with called my college and asked if I could student teach there when I was ready to student teach. I then also got offered a job at that same school after I graduated. And so that I didn't take it because we went to Africa instead. But um, it was like th those, this is a good place to try, a good place to fail. Um, but it's also a place that like you could potentially get an opportunity from for a teaching job if, if you play your cards right. If you play your cards right, mm -hmm. like that one, where'd that come from? Uno? I don't know. I love that you love to like want to know the history. I bet John Lopez knows. John or he's going to Google knows. it right now and I'll put it in the he comments. I'll let you know. <laughs> Can I share my product of the week real quick? Oh, okay. All right. So new product of the week, right? Some of you will know this. You know, it's one of my favorite things to have in the classroom. Some of you never heard this. If you haven't watched it, go watch my bathroom video because that's also a fun place to look at comments because it's the most hate I've ever gotten on the video because people <laughs> hate it. Um, one of my favorite things to have in the classroom is Magic 8-Ball. Uh, I can't really see because the glare. It's really like... There it is. Uh, because here's what you do with Magic 8-Ball. First of all, warning... If a child really has to go to the bathroom, let them go to the bathroom. But if there's that kid that has to go to the bathroom all the time and you're teaching, you're in the middle of it, you had that lesson, you're on fire. Um, and Kenneth keeps asking to go to the bathroom. Kenneth, I'm in the middle of doing something. Just check the magic eight ball. Kenneth will go over. They really do this. They will shake the magic eight ball, look at it. Oh, man. They sit down. Kenneth, you good? 
it said outcome not so good. And then I go, all right, <laughs> check it again in 10 minutes and see what it says. It will, students will really do it. So if there's late work, if there's homework, if there's, can I have extra credit? Can I talk to you right now? Check the magic eight ball. It gets me out of a thousand things that I wouldn't want to do otherwise. And kids really check it. Um, do I base all my decisions on a magical piece of plastic with some kind of mystery blue juice inside of it? No, I do not. <laughs> but it, it does help a lot. And it brings a bit of levity to things. It makes things funny. It makes things fun to do. So um, it is the Magic 8-Ball is, uh, is my product of the week. And I'm going to put the uh, I'll put the link in the chat um, if you want it. Chris Carson, tell your wife I apologize on the front end for uh, promoting another product. He might um, already have that one. But I just think it's a fun thing. And right, the, one of the things we're trying to do with this idea of product of the week is not like just like sell stuff. I get four cents or something from Amazon every time I sell something, <laughs> right? But it's really, it's just a, a quick opportunity to share something that I literally use in my classroom that just makes it more fun. That makes... Uh, uh, you know, think about how boring school is, right? It's that just is the number one. Our daughter was homeschooled for three years and it's the number one. She went back last year and it's the number one thing that she said about school. It's boring. Yep. And something like that. This is a thing that kids will remember forever. When they kids come back, they go, you still have the eight ball? I'm like, yeah, I'm on like a fourth iteration. Like this one doesn't even work anymore because I, I glued it to it's something. too tight to get back there. Oh, the I giant one? Yeah. yeah, we can't get out of these seats. We talked about this. We need the... No. We need like a claw. It goes no. over there. All right, give me a question. All right, Seth is up next Let's asking, my head of school chose the word exceptional as our theme for the year. Oh. He asked a few of us to share during in-service in a few weeks and asked me to talk for 10 minutes. Um, part two, uh, on exceptional care of our students. If you were giving this task, what would be some of your main talking points? Seth, are you trying to cheat on your assignment and oh, get... Part three, would you plan some uh, kind of connected activity or reflection for your peers or coworkers to go along with it? So what it's exceptional care of our students. So here's yeah. what I would do. Um, I think exceptional care. I'm going to help. I you think cheat he's right trying now. to get you to do his homework. Get me to cheat right now. I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. Because I, I was I cheated. Uh, actually, I never cheated in high school. I was too Catholic for that. Um, and I just felt guilty all the time. <laughs> so so the uh, the idea here, Seth, is that I think when I think of exceptional care, I, I, I'm really in the last couple of years, the word excellence has meant a lot to me. I want everything I do with our business, in our lives, with our kids to be excellent. I want excellence in all things. And I want excellence in my classroom. I want excellence for my students. I want my students to practice excellence. Why? Because I don't want them to have the most okayest life that anyone ever had. And if you're asking yourself, is okayest a word? It is not. I invented it. The, I think that there is this idea of settling that enters kids' minds too often. It's something I talk about when I do live talks at schools. But like, I want, I want kids to have exceptional lives. So when I think of exceptional care, it has to just go beyond the boundaries of what we normally do. So it's taking a look, it's honoring the things that your school does and then saying, how can we level this up? But not by doing more, but just by doing it different. So I think exceptional care for me, and this is stuff I, a few things I talk about when I'm talking is, or when I give talks is, one is being visible, getting into the hallway, being visible, 
kids gravitate towards the, the thing that they are most familiar with. We all do, right? Which is why your family, that's why you sleep on the same side of the bed every night and your wife sleeps on her side of the bed. No one ever switches sides. And if you do, I don't even know what your life is about. We don't even sit in each other's spots. If I'm going to, like, there are nights when my wife goes, do you want to sit on my side of the couch? Yo, like, we really say that, right? <laughs> um, you know that when students come into class and someone sits in their seat, you're, you're in my seat. Like, not because it has their name on it or because they claimed it. It's just like, you know, it's where I sit. We go, we gravitate towards which we are the most familiar. So that being said, visibility is huge. I think the other thing is trying to, it's, it is just talking to kids about what they care about, right? So um, I do this thing when I do talks where I ask teachers in the room to, this is a really quick way to create connection. And this is a great thing for you to do even in, in your school is I ask all the teachers in the room, what are your three favorite movies of all time? And then I share my favorite three movies when I mean, you have to have me come speak to at your school to hear what mine are. But then I ask teachers to pick that. Then my follow-up question is after giving them a few minutes to pick it is what do those three movies say about the teacher that you are? So now when I, people share at their tables, they're sharing movies that not everyone thought about. Not everyone, maybe someone else had the same movie. Maybe somebody else. And you can even do one of those things where, I forget what it's called, but you like basically scan a QR code and then everyone types in their answers and they go up on the on the smart board or on the projector. And when we do that, what happens is you see other people having the same answers as you. This is, this is I, that particular idea I got from my friend, Allison Apsey. I don't want to steal it. Um, but you're seeing people that have the same answers as you. You're seeing people that had great answers that you didn't think about and you wish you would have done. Then you have a few people share why they picked that. And this is immediately going to help you see someone different. Because when I see someone that has like what some of my weird movies that I love and I find someone else that's in the room that likes 80s action movies as well, bro, you just became my best friend. I didn't even know it. Like, do you want to go in the garage and do fake karate? Yes. So. It's trying to, it's building those connections and we can do the same things with our students. Um, and so that's, that's some of the quick ways I'm thinking about. Another way that I do and is, uh, we're actually going to talk about this in the, in the back to school boot camp next week. There's this idea that I have called your life odyssey, which is a way for students to bring who they are to the classroom, for them to build out um, a narrative about their life that's really super simple. It's really super fast. It's really super shareable. And what you're doing is having kids share who they are with the hopes that someone out there is going to do two things. One, they're going to connect with someone over something that they didn't even know that that person existed or that anyone else liked this. The second thing is that they're going to, um, they're going to share who they are and people will see them differently right? It will still see them differently because like, oh, you, you like this or you like that, or you're into this, or you won this championship, or you moved also, or you're new to the neighborhood. It starts building those connections as well. And that's something you can have teachers do as well. So that, that's what I would, that, that's what I think of exceptional care is just the deepest relationships I've ever made with students. I'm talking about this in a talk this week. I'm going to be at uh, Slam Academy in, in Orlando we're going to talk about this idea of, um, oh, I forget who originally said it. Miles Davis took it, though. This There's a quote that says, the music 
is made with the spaces between the notes. So it's not the notes. If you squish all the notes together, it's just this, right? It's this, it's this endless din. It is the spaces between the notes that make the, that you let the note ring out. You let a rest play in there. You are, that's what's making the music. And I think relationships are built the same way. They're built in between classes. They're built in lunchrooms, they're built in hallways, and they're built on front steps of school buildings. And I think that that's where we really find connection with young people. Absolutely. To that end, can we can you just throw up the graphic for the back school boot camp since yes. I measured it? Mentioned it. Look, gang. The big one or the little one? We ones? got a lot of feedback on the boot camp already. And a number of the people that gave us feedback were new teachers. And it was a at a price point that they couldn't access. And that was my bad. I really, I didn't, I thought about more veteran teachers. I thought about, I looked at comparable offers that were out there, right? No one's trying to get rich off of this, um, but we do pay to put on this event. And so we, we went back to our price and we adjusted it significantly with truly the first year teacher in mind. I know, and this is probably more than some people make out there, but when I started in Camden, New Jersey, I mean, $31,000 a year and I didn't get paid in the summer and I could barely pay my mortgage on that. It was like pay my mortgage and then we're eating ramen for the month, right? I had two kids. And so it is, I understand, I remember what it's like to have, not like any teachers are balling, but like, unless you married rich, but like but when you, you're first starting your first career, start, it and is then all tough. the things that you need. So it's I'm looking at this camera. I didn't know we went over oh, here. I did. I'm sorry. People are probably like, who's he talking to? Oh, I didn't there? even recognize so, we are, so we've lowered the price to make it more accessible for everyone. It's still happening next week, August 3rd through the 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, there's two different levels to it. So you can enter in at your own, uh, your own where you feel like you, you need. And then if you cannot be there for the live, all sessions will be recorded. They will be sent to you and they will be available for 60 days afterwards. So even if you watch it, you can rewatch it and you don't have to feel like you have to like really pay attention the whole time. Or if your two-year-old is climbing the stairs and you need to go get, grab them or the dog yeah. vomits, like you're good. We took the dog vomiting into consideration. And so, yeah, not enough people do that. But ultimately like what we want to do here is serve teachers, that's, that's right? The like that's, that's the, the main goal. And so if that price point wasn't serving teachers, it's like, Hey, we learned something and let's make it work so to the point where we're going to do this if you already ordered it you got an email we're going to refund you the difference yeah because i want to make it as accessible to everyone as humanly possible so that's just something Can that we've decided to do and that's a link in there i don't know where it is oh yeah in the comments do do should i sing do you want to sing a song while i'm doing this no um and back Come down here i'll put the link in right now all right. Bam, there I'm it is. Ready for our next question. The link is the weirdest thing ever because of the platform we're using. Winter Waterfall 199. What? I, know. I think that must have, uh oh. Uh, that must have know. been like um the template name that you chose. It's going to be our theme. We're going to have to make a backdrop winter of the winter waterfall. the winter waterfall. Brody would love it. He loves waterfalls. No, I'm getting really hot in this hoodie. Yeah, I don't know why I wore it. I wore it because right, I, I want to support Chevy. Yeah, I know. I do too. But I have a, a hoodie that I want to support too and show off because. 
Um, but it's yeah, just moisty under this thing. I'm like a, I'm like a, I was like, I gotta wear my Philly. Yeah, like a thin coating of moisture. All right, moving All right, on. This is getting weird. <laughs> uh, the dysregulated educator uh, is asking union and districts are at odds. It's pitting groups of educators against each other. How would you navigate the political drama in your building? I have tools. I just want your perspective. So uh, for me, I handle everything with curiosity. I almost never get into a straight debate with anyone. Like, like really thinking about it, like folks that have different value systems than me, different political beliefs, different, um, like I, I think that they are, are, even folks I think are wildly unethical or, or borderline, you know, something. Um, I'm trying, trying to be nice here. It is, meeting someone and not immediately just okay. shutting it down. Even if I don't, if I know I'm not going to agree with it, if I know that what you're saying is total nonsense and it's, even if I think it's evil, it is saying to someone like, that's interesting. And I do it. I don't do it sarcastically. And I'm very, very sarcastic, but I do it from a sense of that's, I'm curious how you came to that conclusion. That's interesting that you think that, because it really is. It's really interesting to me that you think that, I'm curious how you came to that decision or what, like, can you talk to me a little bit about that? That immediately diffuses the situation because I'm not trying to be at odds with you. I'm not trying to win. I'm really trying to understand. And I also know that as an active listener is the best way for me to formulate a retort to anything by fully listening to the other person without thinking about for one second, what I'm going to say next. It is the best answer always. So it's really trying to understand that thing. And then I have to look at people like they're people. Like they have someone they love, someone they care about, someone that they think that viewpoint is going to, to help. And I find that when I do that, what it ends up doing is wearing people down with love. Because once I can get someone to see that I'm a human and that I'm listening to them and that I care about what they're saying, I might not agree at all. I might actually vehemently disagree but it puts us on a different playing field. And now we can potentially, after build, even that little bit of time, it's being able to have a conversation after that, being able to see the connection points. Um, and and if someone doesn't want to do that, like I've, I've had words with people in real life. I've had words with people online where they just don't want to. They just want to tear you down. They just want to rip you to shreds. They just want to, I'm not talking about, asking someone, I'm curious how you got to that. And then they're going to scream at me like, or you all do this, or you're like this, or, oh, you're, you believe that, then you're this, then I'm going to throw you out over here. I'm just not interested in that. And so I don't have those conversations because that is not someone that is going to have the conversation. One of my mentors told me this, and this is, this is, he told me this about getting hate online. Cause once you're online, it, many of you may have dealt with this before. He said he doesn't answer angry or disrespectful com comments. And when asked why, he said, because dogs howl at the moon. People expect dogs to howl at the moon. But if the moon howls back, everyone's watching the moon and not the dog. Be the moon, not the dog. And I just really love that. And so I, I, do, I do enter into conversations online sometimes, but only if someone's coming to me with even a bit of respect because I can, it's hard when you're, when your emotions are attached to things, but it's entering into everything with curiosity always.
All right, are you ready oh, yeah. for the next one? All right, our next question. Uh, well, we kind of skipped over John Lopez. He was asking, uh, what is the meaning on your sweatshirt? Is it education um, reverses incarceration? So, yeah, so to me, so it'll be interesting to ask you if you have not asked him before, but I liked this shirt because, you know, when I think, I think of things like- I think it means two things. It's education over incarceration. And I do think that education- uh, limits incarceration. It I mean, does. yeah, there's like even in the world of dyslexia, like you'll find it's like so many people who are inc incarcerated are diagnosed later in life with uh, reading disabilities, learning disabilities, things like that. Like, yeah, because when you don't th look, you know what's I think what stops incarceration to a large degree, and I know this is oversimplification, but I'm going to share it anyway, is access. And when we can provide access for students, when students know other options that like, yeah. when I'm thinking about the boys where I wasn't, and I'm not saying all the boys, but students that I had that were caught up in the streets in Philly, they were often when talking to them and having really heavy, deep and real conversations with kids and listening, it is kids get caught up in the streets because they either need protection or because they don't have an alternative. That working at McDonald's for 40 hours a week after school or however much they can is not gonna pay the bills. But if I do this thing on the side, I am certain that I'm gonna come home with at least this much money in cash, not pay taxes and be able to buy groceries right away. And so I think that through the education process, we should be providing access to our young people so that they can see what else is out there, so that they can see, they can understand the game part of education that if I play this game that I can get to this place where I can not only have a better life but create a better life for my family for my neighborhood one of my uh online mentors and I don't know if you saw this and I should if I had known he was doing it now I would have went up Neo Davis who's from uh West Philly if y'all don't follow Neo Davis he's awesome he went back to West Philly and they are redoing the basketball court that he grew up playing yes, on new awesome. fences, new hoops, new concrete. And he's not there right now. They're giving away backpacks and they were up there. Uh, they, they might still be there. I don't know. He was there You'll like the last couple of days. Um, but awesome. when we can help on students have access to someone or something that's going to broaden their horizons, that is what keeps kids out of trouble. That's what fills kids with possibility. That's what kids gives kids options. Um, cause they're learning how to play the game. And so that's, that's part of why I love this shirt. I've had a lot of students end up in the system. And once you get in there, now you're tagged for life yeah. and then it becomes incredibly difficult to get a job. And and so I want kids to know they have options. Oh, thank you, Rusty, for our super chat. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, you also check out Rusty's. If you like bikes at all, Rusty's channel is a spot to go to. Yeah, for sure. And if you're in Philly, he said, go get some water ice. Cause Water ice is awesome. Yeah. Kyle uh, liked the hoagies, man. He was all about them. He ate like a he ate a lot of you really can't beat hoagies like East Coast side. Like yeah. it's the bread. It's the bread, bro. But I don't get to eat that anyway. So you know. All right, moving on. Carl Hill is up uh asking, with doing YouTube videos, did you ever get poached, like approached uh with the job offers from other schools? Uh not locally, which is interesting. No, from businesses, yes. Last year that happened quite a few times where I got offered positions to go work for like a tech company for on their education side of things, uh, textbook companies, stuff like that. 
Um, no, I don't think I have. I think as people see that you're happy where you are, that you're successful where you are, that you have what you need where you are. Um, well, and that's a misconception, right? Like just because your classroom was good, it does not mean the school was good. Oh, no. And that's and that's a common thing that we even see in comments with when people think they go, oh, I just found you and you're so great and I love all the things, but but you left the classroom. Like if they think that they misconstrue and think that you left the classroom because you couldn't hack it anymore as a teacher. And that's so far from the truth. No, it's like, no, my school was really just. Well, unethical. I left this school because I felt obligated. That was me following what I was to do next. And if you watch the video, you'll I talk about a lot about that, but it but was, still people I would have left my school, but I would not have left education. That is my purpose in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, some schools are just so bad that I don't think anyone should be there. And I, I think some schools are so bad that no students should be there. They should, there should be a different alternative or a different spot that they can go to. Um, but, and I, if you talk to me in person, I'll talk about some of that stuff, but I don't put it online. Um, cause my kids still got to go there yes. and they know, they, I mean, they know why I left. Yeah. Uh, all right. Miss Gonzalez is up next. She's got a three-parter. She says, hello and happy end of summer. Oh, um, well for her, cry. she's in Texas. I know, Think about the school like, tomorrow. I know. I feel oh, everyone in New Jersey is just like, we someone have till September 8th. Someone said they've been back for a full week. I think they are in Georgia Yeah, or something like that. Up here in Northeast, man. But we all didn't, you know, y'all were like right after we were in basically finished up spring break and people were getting done. I know it's the difference school. is really crazy. Yeah. Um, so she's asking, I have basic rules and expectations in the class that kids should know. What are your thoughts about then using a simple behavior contract that lays things out a little more specifically? I don't want to dwell on it, but something that might be a little bit more specific than general stuff. For example, maybe 10 light I lent 10 line items that the kids and their parents initial in return, just as a backup to cover your butt, if that makes sense. Uh, so I don't think, I don't think it's bad, a bad idea. I don't think it's wrong or anything like that. If I were to do it, I'm going to talk about why I don't do it. But if I were to do it, I think I would add on a component where I'm showing kids how this can be awesome too. I don't want to start the year with these are things that I think you might do and I don't want you to do them. And that's, it starts the school off in a negative connotation or with a negative view. So if I was going to do that, I would have both sides of the coin. I would have like, what are things that kids can do to make class awesome, to really bring it, to share who they are, what they think, what they feel to show that I'm open to show that I care to just like, I would, it's like, here's 10 things I want you to know like, I love teaching, right? Which is always a silly thing to tell kids in the beginning of the year. But I'm going to ask you this. How many teachers did you ever have that said, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. And I hope this is the best year ever because I love my job. I've never been told that by a teacher in my life. So what I'm trying to do in the beginning of the year, and the reason I don't do stuff like, like I don't have rules on my walls and I don't have um, I only have one rule in my classroom and I don't have any rules on my wall and I don't do things of that nature is because I don't want to start the year with can't, even though these are things that are like, like you said, they're not, you're not like 
being outlandish with it's like hey don't throw your pencils don't take your shoes off don't kick somebody don't talk when someone's talking make sure you ask you raise your hand when you have to go to the, to the bathroom you have a question don't throw uh trash across the classroom into the trash can these are all things that i i realize but what i talk to my students about instead is this is why here's things i'm sure here's things you're not allowed to do and i'm sure all all the teachers are talking about it i'm not going to talk about it because i am 99.5 percent sure that you were not raised by wolves and the 0.5 percent of you that were raised by wolves will have to talk later and so um, that was, that was a, that was a wolf joke. Um, so it's telling kids, I know there's this thing. I know that I'm expected to talk about it, but I'm not going to, cause I know in your other seven out of the eight classes you've had today, they've already covered this. I'm not going to cover it. Let's just expect that. I know that your mom raised you right, that your guardian raised you right. And that I don't have to go into this. So what I want to talk about is, man, this is going to be awesome. This, you hit the lottery. This is going to be your favorite class of the whole year. And I'm going to be your favorite teacher. And I want you to tell all your other teachers that I said that because game on, let them try and bring it. And then having that friendly kind of like, you know, uh, I don't want to say battle, but like uh, banter with with teachers is really fun. Um, Because I'll even say, especially, could you just let Miss Cho know that and Mr. Rufo? And and, because they're two friends of mine at school. So... It's it's building in this playfulness, this fun, this like, oh, this might be a little bit different. I want kids to know that this is going to be different from the beginning of the year. And so that's why I choose not to do something like that. Now, certain grades, certain classes, you might feel like you need to do that. But maybe consider doing it a week in because we all know that that first week, sometimes too, depending on the grade that you're teaching, kids are still pretty quiet. It's pretty subdued. They're still trying to figure out if they can get away with stuff, how they can get away with stuff. So maybe introducing that in a week or two is a better move. But like, I think starting the year with it can complicate things because it's going to, it's like, when I have the best year ever, you're not allowed to do any of these things. I don't want it. That is like too much of a, of a crazy juxtaposition for me. All right. Our next one comes from Nassim. Oops, sorry. I really keep, I'm bad today. I keep forgetting to move cameras. Sorry. Um, Nassim is asking. Just have to see the one side of my face. I guess. Uh, Nassim is asking, any resources or recommendations for differentiation strategies for special ed teachers, sites or drives? So Nassim, I think this is one of those moments where I would send an email home and ask parents what's worked for their kids before. That's the first place that I would start because no one knows their kid like their parent does. Even if even if the school or even if teachers don't think that parent's very good, they still know they've been around them longer than we have. So asking that. Um, I would say the second thing is asking students, what are you interested in? Because the last thing I want to do is differentiate and create. We're not going to just do this. We're going to do a project. We're going to do a speech. We're going to create YouTube videos. We're going to um, draw. And then I find out that they hate, they like that there's like no chance they're going to speak in front of people. They're not going to record themselves. They're really bad at drawing. But I might find some ways that kids like doing stuff. The other thing is, I feel that differentiation is about trying stuff. It's showing kids that I'm trying to not just do it the same way all the time. I want to, I want to divvy this up. I want to, I want to stretch us a little bit and then paying attention to kids, especially students with IEPs that where are you, where do your strengths lie? 
I think a lot of students have IEPs and this is an overgeneralization. I'm not trying to downplay anyone's special ed department, but in the schools I've worked at, oftentimes kids, students' disabilities are magnified and their abilities are minimized. And so we want to look for places that we can that we can magnify abilities. We can magnify the fact that like maybe you really struggle with reading and comprehension, but man, when we made a model or a or a presentation, or you had to give a speech, like you blew it out of the water. It was unbelievable. So now I see where your strengths are because what I'm not trying to do as a teacher is just get you good at the stuff that you're bad at. I want you to get better at the stuff that you're already good at and providing opportunities for kids levels the playing field. And so it's, it's trying stuff, but I would say this buddy <clears throat> fail fast. You don't want to have a four-week project that's going to, it's going to take four weeks for you to figure out if it worked or not. It's doing these micro check-ins to make sure that kids are finding success. And if they're not feeling like you can switch it up if you have to, right? It's like, I, I call it in my book, um, teaching like a DJ where you got to read the room. A terrible DJ is going to put on living on a prayer, Bon Jovi, New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> they're going to put on living on a prayer. And at a, at a wedding, it's going to clear the dance floor. And now you need to, a bad DJ is going to let it clear the dance floor. And, but a good DJ is going to see people start to leave and then go, whoop, we got to put on this is how we do it. Or you make me want to shout or some four tops, something that's a guaranteed, bring them back to the dance floor and get like, they were on the way to the bathroom. They said, I could hold my pee because they want to get jumping again. You want to do the same thing in the classroom. And look for those moments where you might have to readjust some things. Excellent. Um, just a, a rando. It's not really a question, but um, Melissa Ellen is asking, Reynolds, can you please link the music you use on your videos? I really like it. If I rem remember correctly, it is, it is it the work of one of your former students? So I do. I can link when I get done. I'll link um, any former students that I've used before. There's two mainly that I use. Um, it is. An artist, uh, Dasim Henry is his, that's his birth name. It goes by Mad Squabbles. And Akil Danzler is, what's Danzler go by? Oh, I forget. Something not Akil Danzler, but it's, his <laughs> name is spelled Aquil, it looks like. A-Q-U-I-L. And he just dropped a new song that's really, really great. And he's, he's, Mad Squabbles reminds me of more of a Kendrick Lamar style. Whereas Danzler is way more, uh, he's like a soulful, romantic, like my man's Barry White in the making, right? And so he's he's great. But his parents were like that too. His parents had a yes. group called Kindred the Family Soul. And they were that kind of, they still are. They're still that kind of like, vibe. I don't know what I'm doing. This that is what kinda, I'm doing. It's, it's your vibe. Doing, I'm vibing right You're now. You're showing the vibe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show up. They played the Roots Picnic this year. I should have showed up and did, did one. <laughs> okay, okay, moving on. We're going right. to answer a few more questions. On, uh, Piano it. Boy is up asking, My man. what's your, he's actually in his classroom, I think. He said, uh, listening to this and getting ready oh, nice. school year. I hope I'm on the smart board. Um, he's asking, what was your <laughs> schedule or routine after school, even on the weekends? Tips on maximizing time outside of school, not during the school year. Um, what did you do to prepare for the next day. So it's always changing depending on like the needs of my family and what kind of comes up at best. Um, I'm doing, we have things like 
we watch Survivor still. We are one of the people that still watch Survivor. Don't say don't. one of the few people. That's I didn't say few. I know, but I, I said, felt like you were gonna. And I feel like it was, was a like, really big deal in the early 2000s. And then we didn't watch it for a long time. Then we we watched... didn't, but it's still going strong. I mean, what would, yeah. it was like the 43rd season or something crazy yeah. like that. And if you're asking yourself, do the Reynolds wear buffs when they watch it? Yes. Maybe. Yes, they do. <laughs> I'm trying to get us to just eat coconut when we watch it. Like let's let's and like rice. Yeah, let's wants eat, us eat rice. Just eat dinner. rice and coconut. That's all we eat. No flavor. <laughs> so <clears throat> we have a night of the week that we do that. We watch um because my son eats so incredibly fast. I used to have this dream of all sitting around the dining room table eating together. That dream is lost because my son eats so fast that before I'm even done preparing my plate, he's ready to go off. So we watch a movie or a TV show. Same, we try and watch something that like we're only going to watch a little bit of at a time. And that's what we do during dinner. Wednesdays is typically my friend night where I go out with friends and do something. And that's a standing date. Friday nights is date night with my wife. Every Friday for the last couple of years, we've gone out on date night. There have been times when I've played with bands on certain nights of the week. Um, but it's typically coming home, leaving school at a certain, when I'm at my best, leaving school at a certain hour, can come home, have dinner with my family, um, prepare myself to go out. Or if we're just chilling at home, it is changing out of my school clothes. It's washing my hands immediately, first of all, because I shake about a thousand hands a day, changing out of my school clothes because I want to be home. I don't want to be the dad that worked all day with the tie on. Now I'm going to run around all night with the tie on. I want to feel like I'm changing out of that suit of armor into something something a little more comfortable. And uh, <laughs> and then really being where my feet are. I want to be present where I am. So whether that's a family game night or it's time with friends or whatever, it is having those days and nights carved out. And I find that my family really appreciates that too, because then we have that time is like set in stone of, you know, my wife says, yo, dinner's ready. And the kids put on, they get the movie queued up. They get the TV show queued up. They, we clean up after dinner. Um, we do something called the 600 second cleanup clean up after dinner and then we play a game together, something like that. Uh, but it's having those things set in stone so I don't have to figure them out. The worst thing that I, I hated doing was coming home from work and being like, what do you want to do tonight? What are we, what's going on tonight? Where are we going to go? What am I going to do? It's like, because that's like making a decision up. when you're tired, right? Like yeah. you're already exhausted at the end of your day. You don't want to think or make another decision after that. I think that's good. And um, nightly walks we do like right now, yeah. like a current rhythm right now is uh, a nightly walk. That About eight, eight 30. We take a walk every night. Um, and yeah. And that's wonderful. Sometimes it's the whole family. Sometimes it's just CJ and, Marley. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would definitely say it's rhythms, like having those. These are the things that you do all Not the time. routines, rhythms. rhythms. Because routines rhythms are change. are in stone. Yeah. Rhythms, if I grew up playing drums, look, you know what they do? They do this. <laughs> they move. They can speed up. They can slow down. They can, you can get a little funky on, on a rhythm and then still flow right back into your 4-4 beat. And so that's why I like rhythms. Yes. Uh, so what did you do to prepare for the next day? The other part of that. For, oh, uh, I like being ready. I So I leave my classroom. I look at my, this, I got this from Michael Chernow. Um, I look at my classroom as I'm leaving my room. And I think, is this what I want to walk into tomorrow? If I don't, then I get students to help me because I delegate everything. And then I get my room ready to something I want to walk into tomorrow. Um, I pick up my clothes the night before. If I work out in the morning, I have those clothes sitting out. Um, 
My wife packs my lunch like I'm a third grader, so I don't have to worry about that. And then that's it. I think I just like make sure that I'm ready for the next day, but I want that to take the smallest amount of time possible. And then I have rhythms in my morning. So I'm not I'm never waking up and going, what do I want to eat? What do I want to drink? Should I pray first? Should I get coffee first? It is the same rhythm every day because it takes away that mind share of trying to think of it the morning when I wake up. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do one last question. I think this do is it. a great one. I'm starving. Um, oh, okay. What are you going to make I might yourself, fall over. What are you going to make yourself to eat? Between my the level of heat that I'm feeling right now, am I starving? <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to make dinner. Uh, okay, Seth Miller, this is a good one to mm. end on, is asking, how do you engage with teachers in a positive way that tend to view students' mental and emotional health as a secondary issue to academic rigor? I love them so hard to their face, they don't know what to do with it. Um, I find that... How, how do I convince people that something's important? I do it to you. And then you see how good that makes you feel. You see who I am, what I'm about, that I'm not just doing this. Like some teachers think that 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 is that it's silly to have social emotional care to build relationships with your students because they should just want to do it. They should just do the work. No one ever did that for me when I was younger. And so what I want to do when I hear that is when I hear um old man sean saying that i think this, 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 let's get weird for a minute little sean inside of you is wishes that you would do that little sean inside of you wanted that when they were a kid they wished that they someone cared about them they wished that someone thought about them and so i'm trying to be very thoughtful to them i try to say hello to everyone and here's a secret thing that i do that no one really understands until i do it to you is that if you don't say hi back to me, you now get the sonic boom hello. You now get the hello that I'm going to say so loud and not in an obnoxious way, but I want to make sure that you got it because I it's important for me that you feel seen and I'm just going to give it to you on blast. And then it makes it weird if you don't say hi back to me. I bring people coffee. I decorate their doors. I do weird stuff in their classrooms. I put googly eyes on crap in their classrooms because I want them to have a great day. And I just want to share some of that joy. And so... Maybe it's having students write, uh, finding that that teacher and having your students write notes to that teacher th um, of things that they just care about, like things that they're not care about, but like things that they're appreciative of that that teacher has done for them that like, I like the way that you teach like this, or I like that you always do this for us. Or I love that, um, you know, this, you taught about this the other day or, or taught it like this. And then giving, put, having kids write those, making a little card out of it or something and putting it in their school mailbox so that they get it. But I wear people down with love. And even if they never change, I care for you for who you are right now. And without any hopes that you're ever going to change, but, um, but I'm just going to love your face off. That's what I do. I think one of the other things is, um, you just lead by example, right? It like when, you have a really good classroom and a good relationship with a lot of students. And so even a lot of really difficult students. Yes. Um, and I think when other teachers see that and they ask, how do you do that? And it's like, well, this is how. And like, so when you're telling them, they yeah. kind of like see it in action that it's important, which then gets the kids to care about their academics, at least maybe in your class. And I think that that, that can be a powerful example to other teachers. Great 
idea I heard from Myron Golden the other day, which mm. was I love Myron. Ninety percent of really good coaching is counterintuitive. Mm. So that's so if I'm coaching you and everything I'm saying is you're going yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah I love that I agree with that. Mm. There has to be some things in there where you're going oh mm, yeah I don't want to do that. That's that's feelings. That's mm. icky. That's dangerous. That's weird. That's that's different. 90% of great coaching is counterintuitive. Yes. And so when you're getting advice from someone and it feels like it is a weird piece of advice, or I'm not sure if I can do that, sit with that for a minute. Let that be, let that, let a bell ring in your head and um, really sit with that for a moment, because that might be exactly the, the thing that you need to be doing. Absolutely. Cool. All right. I think that's enough. All right. Before you, uh, let's go so, feed you. Um. Lastly, if you didn't, we, there's, you know, we do this for free. Uh, so the only, and I'm, I'm not saying that to like make anyone feel bad. Um, if you could please hit the thumbs up on this, hit the subscribe button. It pushes us in the algorithm. We'll be able to help more teachers and more places so they can help more kids and more places. And we can change the world that way. Um, because we as a community are showing up here every single Sunday doing this work. And I appreciate you for that, that I know that I'm not the only one. We're not the only ones. There's all these people in the chat. That making this thing happen. This is a whole communal activity and we love it. Um, and then if you need the boot camp or you know someone that does, this Thursday, uh, August 3rd through the 6th, we're doing, a, it's 45 minutes a night. If you have VIP, you get Q&A with that. You get group coaching with that. And so we drop the price to really, really be mindful, especially of new teachers and teachers in general. But like it was that new teacher that I was really thinking about that was like, we want to make something that is accessible for all people so that they can really teach a class off this year. So that's what we're having in mind. Um, and thanks for being here, gang. You're yeah. awesome. You're, you're going to, you, you didn't have the thing ready, but we're going to say the, the closing thing. Where we're I don't know how do. to do that. You tell me every week you do it's, it. On I mean, I just buttons. thought like, are we going to have a tiff in front of everyone now? <laughs> Listen, we got to go in the other room and talk about this. Bye everyone. Peace.